Chapter 13, we've left off um, as we come to verse 11 where it says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all of the power of the first beast before him, and he causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that they that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound of a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should, um, should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him, hath un uh, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred three score and six, or six, six, six. What everybody seems to be enamored with that. It's on rock albums. It's with the goth people. It's on the everything dark. Now you can get bloody sneakers, six, six, six. You know, just our world has lost its mind over this stuff because it isn't real yet. When it's real, it ain't going to be a joke. But now it's like people trying to be dark and trying to be cool. They ain't seen nothing yet. They're just kindergartners compared to what's coming on the scene. Because what this puts in front of us here as we go into this is a state religion. You know, it's interesting to watch Russia and China, major world powers, trying to crush religion and stop religion. The United States is doing that more subtly, but the same influence is working here. Because behind the scenes there are principalities and powers. But in this last kingdom of man, the Antichrist, religion and civil government is once again united. Look, if they want a one-world government, a one-world order, globalism, they can't have that as long as there's Islam, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, and everybody's separated, everybody's hurting each other. They have to somehow bring everything under one roof. And for the first time in 2,000 years, there will be government religion again. I mean, we see it in Egypt. Pharaoh was a god, worshipped as a god. Um, you know, we see it in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar sets up a big statue like here and makes everybody worship. Uh, we see Jeroboam who sets up idols at... Uh, Dan and Bethel to make everybody worship in his kingdom. 
Um, the Greeks brought us the Pantheon. Everybody worshiped there, Mount Olympus and so forth. While John is writing, there's Caesar worship, and it's mandated. And if you're not willing to bow down before a little statue of Caesar and say Caesar is Lord, you get put to death. So as John writes this, it's not so outlandish to him as he's recording it. But for the last 2,000 years, there hasn't been state religion. In fact, here we're always yelling about, you know, the separation of church and state. When the Antichrist takes over, there's no separation between church and state. And if you want separation between church and state, you get killed. So it's the opposite now. Now if you want the separation between church and state, they want to kill you. Uh, But then if you don't want it, you're going to get it. So it's an interesting picture. And we're introduced to this person, this false prophet, who's probably one of the most interesting personages in the history of mankind. The, The world's never seen anything like this character before. It tells us in verse 11, it says, And I beheld, John, another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He said, I beheld. You know, I saw this. It's oida there. It's I perceived. It isn't just looking at something. He understood something when he looked at it. And he says it was another beast, Ethereon, another, you know, beast of an animal, but it's another allos of the same kind. So this is another human. The Antichrist is a human. This false prophet is a human. He's another of the same kind. He says, but this beast arises out of the earth. The first beast, the Antichrist, arises out of the sea, which are the nations of the world, probably coming from Europe, This beast seems to arise out of the earth. Scholars think that may be Israel. He may be a Jewish false prophet. We don't know that for sure. We do know this, that he has the appearance of a lamb with two horns, but he speaks like a dragon. So when he comes on the scene, again, he's not a monster. He's not, you know, coming, you know, like Frankenstein. He comes on the scene like a lamb, like Jesus Christ. He's a peacemaker. He, he's, he's tearing down religious differences and, and global differences and racial differences and, you know, putting war on hold and fixing world economies. And, you know, he, he's something that everybody looks at and says, this can't be bad. I'm in, man. Let me get in here. This is, you know, I'm signing up. He comes that way. Look, when he comes on the scene, the church is gone. The rapture has happened. So he's gathering the unsaved world who will be looking for something then in desperation. You figure you're halfway into the tribulation at this point, at the great tribulation. The Antichrist had made war against the two prophets for three and a half years. He finally overcomes them and kills them. Their bodies lay in the street for three and a half days. Then they're resurrected and they ascend And then the Antichrist is killed. He receives a sword, a mortal wound. And he then counterfeits resurrection and comes back to life. And the world is wondering after him. And this false prophet who had probably, I don't know, maybe he was the leader of the great whore, the global religion in the first three and a half years that the Antichrist now destroys. 
because it tells us in Second Thessalonians that he goes into the temple, proclaims himself to be God, and says, everybody's got to worship me. Not in the Vatican, not here, not there, in Jerusalem, in the temple. So this world religious leader seems now to fall in line with the Antichrist at this point in time and say, this is true, everybody needs to worship him. And this false religious leader does signs and wonders in the sight of people. He's convincing in every respect. And he comes on the scene like a lamb. But it says, but he speaks like a dragon. Look, it doesn't say he sounds like a dragon. It's not a little lamb that goes, you know. He's, He's a lamb and he speaks like the dragon, the old deceiver, the liar, the serpent, the subtle one. And he comes on the scene as a good guy. He's a bad guy. Trying to draw everybody into this world religion. Chapter 16. I'll read a few verses. You don't have to turn. 16.13 says, um, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Calls them specifically that there. Chapter 19, verse 20, again, it says this, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, who wrought miracles before him, uh, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image, and they're both cast into the lake of fire. Then again, in chapter 20, verse 10, it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. So three other times when it mentions him in Revelation, he specifically called the false prophet. Here he's called the second beast. Appearance like a lamb and yet speaking deception and lies Look, can you imagine in the world we live in, somebody speaking deception and lies? It's hard to imagine, I know, but you have to let your imagination go wild here and see if you can uh, conceive of that at all. It says in verse 12, and he exerciseth, now in verse 12, by the way, the word exercise, the word cause, and verse 13, the word do, doeth, those are all the same word. The context kind of determines how they're used. He causeth, Please notice this, too. You can circle it all. He exercises all of the power of the first beast. He has all of the power that the Antichrist has because that power is given by the dragon, by Satan himself, that he tried to offer Christ in the temptation. He's given it to the Antichrist, and now the false prophet exercises all of the power of the first beast before him, He's exercising this power before the first beast. It doesn't mean in sequence. It means in his presence. Down to verse 14, it says he does it in the sight of the beast. That's the same Greek word. He's, he seems to stand in the temple in Jerusalem with the Antichrist and exercise this power in the very presence of the Antichrist while everybody else is looking on. He exercises all of the power of the first beast before him, and he causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now just, you you look at this, it's so interesting. This is going to be a global religion. 
True Christianity is, is gone. It's over. Uh, the kids were raptured from all different uh, races and religious systems around the world. And, and now the world, without light, without salt, because the, the church is the light of the world, the salt of the earth, without that preservative and that giving light is gone, the world's in darkness. It's what they wanted. Jesus said they don't come to the light because their deeds are evil and because they love darkness more than light. They agape darkness more than light. Very interesting. They're dedicated to it. And we can see that because here you and I are, and we're trying to speak to our kids and our parents and our spouses and our co-laborers, our fellow students, our neighbors, the world we're working in, and we're telling them about the Christ, God's Christ, who came, born of a virgin, who walked among us, who did miracles, who died on the cross, who rose on the third day, he ascended, he's returning, and they don't want to hear anything about it. They don't want to hear about it. It's unbelievable, because now this other Christ, Satan's Christ, the instead of Christ, the Antichrist, he comes, he does signs and wonders, he's killed, he raises from the dead, and the whole world wonders after him. The wrong, the, the, the wrong Christ, the whole world. That's because the true believer is gone, and a blaspheming world is left, and they wonder after the beast, and the false prophet does miracles and demands that everybody would worship this beast who rose from the dead, whose deadly wound was healed. Look. You, if you're here this morning and you've never come to Christ, you need to know these things. You can sit here and think we're all nuts, but if we disappear, don't get the mark. Okay? (laughs) And it's easier to do it this way than that way. And if you're here today and don't know Christ, you need to change that before you leave because this is the world that we're in. This is the world that we're in. And it is heading in this particular direction. That should be obvious to all of us. How many people that we know are going to see this will be gone? How many people that you and I know that are going to be in this circumstance are going to get the mark? That's where we're living. This is no longer just a Bible study. We live in this now. And this is materializing before us. It says... It says he caused all those on the earth to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down out of heaven on the earth in the sight of men. The two prophets of God had done that, that were killed in chapter 11. That's no doubt when the Antichrist then goes into the temple, proclaims himself to be God. He received some time of a wound or a deadly head wound in that period. He comes back to life like the two prophets did. And now his false prophet is imitating what they did. And he's calling fire down from heaven now. And everybody's aghast. They're all amazed. They're wondering after him. He's calling down fire from heaven in the sight of the first beat. Right standing in the temple mount, right in the presence of the Antichrist. He's calling fire down to heaven. And it says, and he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of, right in front of the Antichrist, he's doing these things, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast 
which had the wound by a sword and did live. So he's drawing attention now to the Antichrist, and he's asking them to make an image. You need to make an image. Now, look, I'm going to read several verses um, in chapter 14, verse 15. It says, And another angel came out of the temple, saying with a loud voice uh, to him that sat on the throne, Thrust in thy sickle, reap, for the time is come for thee to reap. The harvest is great. And he says that they're to harvest amongst those who received. Look, verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast... And his image, there's the word image, and receives the mark, there's our word mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without admixture in the cup of his indignation. So it says there in chapter 14, verses 9 and 10, if anybody gets the mark and worships the image, they have forfeited salvation. They can never be saved if they do those things. It says uh, in chapter 15, verse 2, It says, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass. So there will be those who will get victory in this situation. And it says in chapter 16, verse 2, and, and the first went and had poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which had worshipped the image. Then again in chapter 19, verse 20, it says, which we read before, And the beast was taken with the false prophet, who wrought miracles before him, which had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped the image. And then once more, it tells us in chapter 20, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they, they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, nor his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So it says there's a system coming. In the system, this supernatural being is going to set up an image, and the whole world will have to to worship that image and receive a mark. And it says this false prophet is going to give life to the image, breath to the image, so that it's going to speak and come to life. Look, 2 Thessalonians, let me read it all, uh, just a few verses there, give us a context for this as well. It says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, and that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So it's saying there the Antichrist and the false prophet deceive the whole world. And there's power and lying signs and wonders. And because men didn't receive the love of the truth, God gives them over to believe the lie. Specific. It's a definite article. That when the church is raptured, there's going to be the lie that somehow explains that away and overtakes the world. And and then you see these signs and these wonders and these 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 powerful beings coming on the planet and so forth. And you think, you know, you think, okay, what is the restrainer? Second Thessalonians says the restrainer is going to remove himself, the Holy Spirit, in his restraining work. Not his saving work. People can get, get saved after the rapture. People teach that it's wrong. But his restraining work, what is he restraining again? Is he restraining war? Is he restraining bigotry? Is he restraining abortion? Is he restraining drug addiction? Is he restraining... What is he restraining? If he's restraining any of that, he's doing a lousy job, isn't he? The Holy Spirit. The truth is the post-rapture world is stranger than any of us can imagine. And what he's restraining is these principalities and powers and these fallen angels and these forces that come forward once the church is removed from earth and the unsaved world then gets what it has wanted all along. What's being restrained right now? Try to imagine. Because there's a deception coming. Do you think it can come? Look, they're going to make everybody receive this mark. It It says here, it says that they had to worship the image of the beast that was wounded with the sword and did live, and he had power to give life unto this image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image, the statue, that they should be killed. And he causes all, listen, small and great, those who live in obscurity, those that are stars, everybody knows about, notoriety, he causes all, rich, the billionaires, poor, the person that's scraping by that nobody's ever heard of. Free and bond, slave, enslaved, causes all to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And by the way, that word in there is a P, it's upon. The mark is upon their hand or upon their forehead. And he causes the world to step in. Can you imagine the whole world agreeing to get a mark? Yeah, we're seeing it. You know, we're the first time we're fighting the whole world since World War II is fighting the same war. This pandemic and people all over the world, the vaccinations, and, you know, and, and you got to get if you don't get it, you're a hater. You don't care about the rest of people and you're going to spread. And, you know, you, you, everybody needs to do this. You can't go back to your college in the fall unless you've been vaccinated. Some states are saying you can't go to elementary school next fall unless you've been vaccinated. You think of all this going on. And look. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. If the Lord is leading you to get it, get it. But if he isn't, they can't force you to take it. Okay? At the end of World War II, because of the experiments the Nazis and Joseph Mengele did on human beings, and because of some of the same experiments that were done by the Japanese, the UN, which formed NATO, all these world organizations 
made a law, and it's international law, that you can't force another human being to get any type of medical treatment without their consent. And when they say you can't get on a plane unless you get the vaccination, they are breaking international law. Nobody cares about law anymore. Nobody cares about the Constitution anymore. Nobody cares about it. But I understand the whole world's, yeah, man, shoot me up. Yeah, give me the shot. You, know, you can imagine by this time when this comes, give me the mark. Can't buy or sell without the mark. He's there doing miracles, calling down from my hand. Give me the mark. Give me the mark. And it, and it doesn't seem to be something like a shot that's under your skin. It's not a credit card, okay? Be scared of your credit card, but it's not the mark of the beast, right? It isn't a chip, you know. Uh, you can get a chip for your dog now so that if he gets lost and you want to find him, you can. <laughs> right? Uh, there's, they put chips in your car now. Somebody steals your car, they can find it. They're, they're talking about doing it to prisoners, so when they release them, you know, hopefully the recidivism is, is cut down. They have all these excuses. There are people in, in different places getting them. One of the folks from Naval Intelligence that worshipped here for a while who oversaw the Panama invasion with the Pentagon, he said that they put a chip under a whole company under their eyebrow because that was the best place to see it from satellite. Think how long ago that was. And he said, we could watch the whole company from space. And he said, those chips also told us if somebody was wounded because they were thermal sensitive. And as the person cooled, losing blood, we could tell that person is wounded. This is where they're hid. We, terrorists can't hide them from us. We can find them. He said, and he said, afterwards, they extracted them all. But this is old technology. There's a technology called identity, where you go up instead of, you know, to get money out of the, the machine at the bank, you just put your eyeball on there, read your retina, and, you know, so this is nothing new. This is something that's cooking. This is something behind the scenes. You know, they're talking about, well, you know, the vaccine has nanotechnology. I don't know if it puts little robots in you. I don't know about that. You know, Sci-fi sounds weird to me. But this mark is not a hidden thing. This mark is Oten Satan worship. This mark is stepping in line with the one whose, whose right hand is withered, Zechariah, the idle shepherd, whose, whose right eye is withered away. This mark is open. You don't need a scanner. They, they may all be down. Who knows what's going to be happening with electricity. This is visible. And the mark is either going to be branded on you. It's the same word mark that was used for branding slaves in this day, for branding cargo so they knew who the owner was. It's going to be a brand. It's going to be overt. It's going to be on your forehead or on your hand. And to buy or sell, you can show it. You can see it. You don't have to scan it. You don't need a machine like that. And this is going to be an outward affirmation that you agree with the system and you're participating in the governmental religion that's ruling the world. We're, bringing, we're being desensitized as that approaches. Principalities and powers behind the scenes are preparing a world to be that desperate and to be willing all to be on the same page, to be reduced to a number, to lose your human identity. You can see somebody's eyeballs, but you don't know who they are anymore, right? He says, they're all going to receive a mark, 
verse 16, he causes all, both great, small and great, rich and poor. You can't buy a Mercedes and you can't get an ice cream cone without this, no seal, no deal. You know, you got to have the mark. Free and slaves, people enslaved, all of them have to receive the mark upon their right hand or upon their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Thanks, John. That's a little confusing there, whatever that's talking about. Uh, imagine, but, but, but we're being told that you can't come back to school without the shot. You can't, so this is, this is not going to be a step real far away from that. You can't buy or sell without the shot. You can't come in the store without the shot. You can't hand something to somebody else because you might be, whatever it is. You can see how we're being set up for our culture right now. And I'm not condemning. There may be people with good intentions today with this pandemic. That's not my point. My point is we're being desensitized in regards to our own individual rights, our own personal lives with our kids, our own ability to make decisions for ourselves. All of that is slowly eroding. And we're in the middle of it now. It's upon us. Our kids are all ready. They're all watching the Marvel movies. They're all ready for superheroes. They're all ready for somebody to come on the scene. There's a whole generation that's been prepared watching this stuff. And it's coming. It's going to turn into reality. And I'm glad I ain't going to be here when that happens. And look, signs and wonders are no endorsement. God warns they never have been in the scripture. Moses... Charlton Eston goes back to Egypt, and he throws down his staff, and it turns into a serpent. Then the magicians of Egypt throw down their staffs, and they turn into serpents. Powerful magic. Not fake serpents. They turn into serpents. Moses then goes and turns the Nile to blood. He turns water to blood. Then it says the magicians in Egypt, they turn water to blood. It isn't until Moses through God, turns the dust of the earth to lice. And the whole earth arises, all of the dust, and it becomes lice, and it's biting everybody. Finally, the magicians say to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. This is the hand of God. We can't can't do this. This is beyond us. Miracles. Deuteronomy chapter 13 said this to the children uh, of Israel. It said, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and so forth. So God warns in his word, hey, this guy's going to come around. They're actually going to show signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are not an endorsement of reality, of the holiness of God and the person of God. The dark side 
of the empire. You know, there's signs and wonders there. They got their own lightsabers. This stuff is going on around us. And it's going to become much more prominent. So those types of things are not an endorsement. Um, Jesus tells us this in Matthew when he warns about the last days. He says, for there shall arise false Christs, antichrist, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, and the Greek is, and it's not, that they should deceive the very elect, the Jews that are believing during that period of time. There will be people saved during the tribulation. They won't be able to buy or sell or get a job. They're going to have to be somewhere where they can take live game somewhere in the wilderness or raise something. Um, you know, they're going to have to be somewhere when, when the judgments of the nations take place. You know, the Lord will say to the ungodly, you didn't visit when, you know, when I was in prison, when I was hungry. You didn't feed me. You didn't give me the drink. You didn't take me in. And when did we do that? And he, and he says, as you've done it, haven't done it to the least of these, my brethren. So you didn't do it to me. So there are going to be those who see those that refuse the mark that are going to help them during this time period out of compassion. And, and the Lord will be merciful to them. But it tells us anybody who does receive the mark, which is directly related to Satan worship, that they have relinquished their place in eternity in the presence of God. They are damned from that point forward. Now, if it's on your hand, the Bible says if your hand offends you, Cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. I don't know if that applies here. I'd rather not find out for myself. But there is the mark, very interesting, or the name of the beast. Harry, we don't know. Or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Now, who's this written to? Let him that hath understanding, count the number of the beast. The early church fathers, Irenaeus and Hippolytus and those, they said, it's not for us to know what this means. That people that live during this period when the Antichrist and the false prophet comes, they will understand what his name is. They will be able to read this text and figure it out. Look, 666. You know, everybody, you know, you saw the movie, you know, and uh, Damien had the 666 tattooed on the back of his head, you know, the, the omen. And you see all these things. We don't know what all of that means. We don't know what it means. People say, well, if you add up the complete Latin, uh, you know, grammar, the, their, their alphabet, it comes out to 666. It does. But what's that mean? Hebrew. Well, this isn't written in Hebrew. This is written in Greek. I'm very thankful the Jews have gametria where they add up, you know, in both, more than Latin, both Hebrew and Greek, their letter systems are also their numeric system. So each of their letters has a numeric value. And I've been in Israel when they complete a copy of the Torah and they're celebrating, going down the street, lifting up because the scribes copy the Torah. When they get to the name of God, or the word God, they put down their quill, they go wash their hands, they come back, they write Yahweh, they put their quill down, they go back, wash their hands, and they come back and continue writing. At the end of the scroll, they add up all of the letters because they have numerical values, and if it's one number off, they burn it and start over. It has to be perfect. Wonderful for us because we have the Old Testament the way God said it. 
You know, get a translation. I paraphrase the paraphrase. Get a translation. God preserved it. You go and see the Dead, Dead Sea Scrolls over there. The book of Isaiah in the shrine of the book is the way we have it today. Verse by verse. It's incredible. But that's not what it's talking about here. This will be in, in, this is written in Greek, so who knows exactly what it will be. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast. I'm not sure how you do that. And, of course, again, he was everybody in our life. Uh, he was Henry Kissinger, Ronald Wilson Reagan. There's six letters in each one of those words. That was 666. You know, he's, you know Barack Obama. He was the Antichrist Hillary. That's a terrifying thought. You know, <laughs> you, 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 but you, you go through, and they try to stick it on the Pope. They stick it on everybody. You know, just, no, he ain't here yet. And we don't know what it means. And you can't ascribe it to somebody we're looking at today because we don't know how it works. He that has understanding, let him count the number of the beast, for it is the number of, not a man, it is the number of man. Man created on the sixth day. Uh, Solomon, his, his yearly intake was 666 talents of gold. Um, you know, seven, the number of completion. Eight, all the names of Jesus Christ anywhere in the New Testament are divisible by eight. It's really remarkable. Many of them add up to 888. He rose from the dead on the eighth day. Six is the number of man, so somehow it's related to that. We don't know. And it says, for it is the number, not of a man, of man, and the number is 666. Look, we know this. God's in charge. Because Satan can't change it to 654. He can't change it to B-52. He can't change it. This is written out as God's word. And it's going to be that way. And if you're looking around to figure out what this means, please don't come to me after the service and tell me your secret knowledge. (laughs) Because I have stores of my own that I threw out the window, you know. Look, you know, here's the deal. We're not watching for the Antichrist. We're watching for Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we're watching for the real Christ. Because of all of this is starting to pick up momentum, how close is the return of the Lord? This is halfway through that period. You and I know people that are going to be there. They're going to be lost. That's how close this is. What we should be doing now is sharing God's love with a world that doesn't want to hear it. We should be sharing the truth of Jesus Christ with a world that doesn't want to hear it. We're talking about God's Christ, God's anointed, the one who died and came back to life again and ascended and is returning. The world's going to want its own Christ, the Antichrist, the instead of Christ, who dies and comes back to life, and they all want her effort. That's coming. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, listen, this is coming. You should be able to look at the news, look at what's going on around us, look at technology, and realize we're right on the border of this. This is no longer out of reach. We're coming to a reality here. And the Bible predicted it long ago. Seventy years ago, they'd have laughed at some of the things we believe today through technology. Do you know Jesus Christ? For you and I as believers, we need to be sharing the love of Jesus. Hey, look, when the last Gentile gets saved, we're out of here. So get to work, would you please? 
right? And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, it's either going to be the Christ or the Antichrist. There's not going to be any other options. And again, if you think we're crazy, when we all disappear, don't get the mark. You were warned. And you might survive for a while. The people who don't receive the mark, they're going to lose their heads. It's much easier to come. You think this is Jesus dictating it, and John is writing. Think what's in the heart of the Lord as he dictates this letter? What's in the heart of the Lord as he looks at humanity? And knows that his bloodshed was sufficient for the sins of the whole world. And yet many are not going to turn. What's it like for him when he writes this out and, and then he says, and if you're alive then, this is what you need to understand about the mark, about his name, and about the number of his name. And you need to understand anybody who gets the mark lost forever. And you need to understand this. You can avoid all of that if you give your life to Jesus Christ today. Not religion. We're not playing church or Calvary Chapel. We're talking about the risen one who you can know personally. My life was transformed when I met the risen Christ. He's a person. He's alive. He loves you. Let's stand. Let's pray. We'll We'll end uh, worshiping. And as we do, look, if you're here today and you don't know Christ and you know you need to be saved, get down here while we're singing. Get down here and give your life to Jesus Christ. That's better than trying to avoid the Antichrist. You come today and let the Lord forgive you and cleanse you. It says he adds to the church daily such as should be saved. And if you feel him tugging on your heart today, get down here. Let us pray with you. Let us give you a copy of the scripture. Look, you can know what's going on around you. You can know that the news falls short because the real news is in here. You can know that in your heart. And if you're here today and you're not a believer, you got to have the heebie-jeebies looking at what's going on around you. If you're using your brain at all, something's rotten in Denmark, isn't it? If you're a thinking human being, you're asking, who can I trust? Who can I listen to? Right here. This is what you can trust, and this is what you can listen to. And it says that he loves you and he died for you. If you want to reject that, you can do that, or you can accept it. And if you want to accept it, you can walk down here while we're singing this song. Jesus said, if you're willing to acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father and all the angels in heaven. So let's worship. I'm going to pray. We'll lift our hearts. And then you come if he's drawing you today. Father, I know you've overheard. Lord, we thank you, Lord. <clears throat> There's a blessing, Lord. And this is all so strange, Father. And So dark, Lord, we want whatever the blessing is to read and to hear and to keep these things. Let it be ours, Lord. We can't wait to get to chapter 14, Lord, uh, either through the air or next week. And Lord, uh, we pray for those who may be among us who 
have never come. Lord, the, the world is kind of freaking them out, and they're looking around, wondering where everything's going, who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth, whether they're going to live or die, they're going to get COVID or not get COVID. Lord, all of these uncertainties, everybody's on quicksand now. So, Lord, if there's people here who want to get on the rock, Jesus Christ, draw them, Lord, today into your arms of love. Bring them from darkness to light, from uncertainty to certainty, from sin to cleansing, from hell to heaven, Lord. Draw them today. We trust you to do that. Lord, And we lift our lives, all of us that are believers before you, Lord, help us just to... You know, to tune us up, Lord, as it were. We need an alignment, Lord. Um, we want to do this right, Lord. We want to occupy until you come, Lord. So work in our hearts as well. Lord, we commit these things to you, and we pray, Lord Jesus, in your name and for your glory. Amen.